0: Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes, and you're listening to the Dose Podcast, the home of healthy headness in search of balance. Meditation has gone mainstream, and mindfulness is everywhere, as we're learning that exercising our minds is as important as exercising our bodies, but with the religious origins and associations with aligning chakras and chanting with crystals, to the skeptically minded they can appear just more like self-help crazes. At the same time, we're becoming aware that technologies we love using may not be so great for how they make us feel, but could technology also become part of the solution for the Western world's growing mental health issues? I'm here today with Niraj Shah, who is captivated by the role technology is playing in enabling human possibility. His No Crystals, No Mumbo Jumbo Project Mind Unlocked, which takes a science-led practical approach, is one of London's leading meditation and mental well-being movements. Niraj is also the UK County Lead for Silicon Valley's Transformative Technology Academy, which is the largest global collective of entrepreneurs and innovators working on technologies to raise mental health and emotional well-being. So Niraj, welcome. Hey hi. Um, hey. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit more about your personal journey with meditation and how it's led you to this point?
1: Sure, definitely. And also, I'm really excited to be here. I'm a big fan of Dose and all you guys are doing, as you know. And there's so many parallels with what we believe in. So uh, really excited to be here.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Good.
1: So my personal journey with meditation is really simple. I wasn't into meditation at all in any way. And then at the age of 30, I was perfectly healthy and out of nowhere, I had a full blown stroke and it was pretty serious. We don't know why it happened, but the good news is that I'm OK now. But as you can imagine, uh, an event like that makes you start questioning everything. So I went from somebody who had a you know a 30 year old who had a mild interest in health and well-being because um, a a fast life was starting to catch up with me that went to a obsession with what happens in our brains and it went into an obsession about health because i wanted to make sure that the the chance of something like this happening again was minimized and that led to yoga Um, my neurologist was very clear that until i've made a full physical recovery which took me about sort of six months total um, the only physical stuff I was allowed to do was yoga so I'd had some exposure to yoga as a kid being of Indian origin but no practice as an adult so I, so I went back into that that was incredible for my body uh, and for my mind um, and y- yoga started me on the path towards being exposed to ideas in meditation I um, then recovered, started my first business life became very very busy again as anybody who started a business would would understand and I think that's when meditation really kicked in because um, I. it was mainly through yoga to start with I started practicing about 15 minutes of yoga every single night um, when, when I was finishing work at 11, 12, 1am whatever, that, Like that 15 minutes was a non-negotiable and the reason that was there was I was doing it for the mental benefits, it would give me that separation between my working life and crazy mind mm-hmm. and getting a good night's sleep. And it, and it worked because by getting out of my mind, into my body, into my breath, like all, all the stuff that um, that uh, either y- yogis are massively turned on by or, or non-yogis are massively put off by, um, it, it just really worked for me. And, um, and, and I started getting into meditation a little bit and I'd been dabbling in it. And then where it became a really big thing for me was by this point in my life, I was a couple of years into my first business things were going well. I was crazy busy, but I was eating well. I was moving well. I was sleeping well. You know, you know, like everything was tracking in the right way. And then all of a sudden I just couldn't sleep because I had some pretty big things going on business-wise, life-wise. Um, I, was, I was just couldn't really cope with the anxiety. So I needed a new tool. And that was when meditation went from something I was dabbling in to something I became committed to, just just purely out of Desperation, really. Um, yeah, you know, I was, I was willing to try anything by that point, and then funnily enough I tried a meditation app I I'd, I'd dabbled in these things before but um, it wasn't something I really needed in my life but all of a sudden I was using a meditation app to help me to go to sleep which a lot of meditation teachers will say is a big no-no mm-hmm. um, but when you're you know a- anyone who's had insomnia would know that at that point you're ready to do whatever it takes just to get a better night's sleep mm-hmm. that Helped massively for a couple of days, and that then um, things started getting back onto an even keel over the course of the next uh, week or two. And then after that, it just made me think that actually this tool is so powerful something that can help me to change my state and shift it so quickly without any doing anything physical and, and just basically getting to that end point way quicker than through any other means that I knew and then that's that's what I went into sort of full commitment to um, a a daily or near daily meditation practice
0: Amazing and obviously you went on to kind of forge a career in the space as well Yeah. Um, so Mind Unlocked is a project of yours that Mm -hmm. you've been running for a few years now do you think that kind of all kicked off with this growing popularity in meditation it seems like meditation yeah. is now for the masses it's, yeah for
1: sure it's for no sure. longer
0: like a hippie dippy magical thinking concept but it's science based and mm. it's, it's like a health hack people are really looking to for mental well-being it's-
1: yeah t- t- totally where, where that came from it feels like it's been around for a few years because I think we've done so much it's actually just over a year old mm. because it is o- it's only you know sort of not Uh, around autumn last year that you guys were helping me to launch it and get Mm -hmm. the word out. Where where it came from is that I found my corporate and business buddies were not embracing ideas like meditation and I could see how powerful they were, but it was so obvious why they weren't because they saw it as a hippy-dippy thing and they Mm -hmm. saw it as chanting of crystals. And, And also it was a very real concern. Am I going to lose my edge if yeah. I become all nice by doing this and just become in love with the world? And suddenly I don't want to, you know, strive for the things I want to strive for. And for me, it was so obvious because the other thing that's happened is um, th- th- there's two things, that I think, that have driven this. The first is that we've created an incredibly busy, distract- and, just distraction-filled technological world where our stresses are being triggered our sleep is being affected Um, our anxiety is being triggered so that's led to a rise in stress insomnia anxiety mainly Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the other side of it is the amount of research in meditation has exploded in the last 10-15 years Um, and as a result we can actually look at robust clinical stuff as opposed to hey this will make you feel good you
0: feel a bit um, zen exactly it's science backed as
1: well I- exactly but we've got to be a little bit careful because I, I know you guys see this as well um, across the whole wellness and well-being industries at the moment there's this whole thing about hey science says and you know it's, it's been done in places like the Daily Mail for a long time science says a new study says Yeah, I think what when you look we at the size did, of the
0: study it's like a thousand yeah, people <laughs> ex-
1: exactly what we did was take it one step further and look at what the robustness of the science was because for me it was the, the sim- simple Point of the project was I could see a real gap. I, I wasn't sure if it was a business opportunity or not, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to do something a bit more fulfilling. Um, and thought, okay, how can I bring meditation um, to regular folks who don't want to go to a yoga studio, don't want to be spiritual, and and you know, like like there's no judgment on whether that's a good or a bad thing, but there's a whole bunch of people who just don't want to do those things. Yeah. So how can we make it really evidence-based, really practical, and just really focus on making it a great experience. And, and that's kind of where it came from.
0: Yeah. And there are people out there that they have this kind of idea that meditation will help them lose their edge or it'll kind of mm. ch- change them in some way. What would you tell, what would you say to somebody who who thinks meditation isn't for me? It's just, you know, I can't get into it. Like, how would yeah. you help them? Like, what would you, because in some of the sessions I've been to of yours, you you do, you do always introduce it with like a very science backed kind Mm. of approach and then you have a guest meditator usually and then you kind of again pick it up at the end and explain what's actually going on neurologically Mm -hmm. in the body so i think that that's really appealing to someone like me for instance who Mm. i am quite reluctant to kind of get into these things i think i see so many fads and trends and it's kind of it's refreshing in a way Mm. um but what would you say to somebody like that who just like meditation isn't for me it's not
1: I mean, it's it's such a I mean, first of all, what I would say is that meditation is not a cure all for everything and it's not Mm -hmm. for everyone. What's much, much, much more important than meditative practices is actually I think there's like four really important things in our lives for our long term health and energy and uh, vibrancy, Mm -hmm. which is actually fueling the correct way So, getting the right nutrition. Um, resting the correct way, which is partly where some meditative practices fit in. Um, moving the right way. So actually using our bodies because we've become so much more sedentary. We're not using them the way that they were built to thrive. And then the, the layer that goes across all of that is our mind and how we're using our mind across all those areas. Mm-hmm. And so, so what I say to someone who says that meditation isn't for me, um i mean f- first of all i'm not really out to convince anybody that they should meditate but mm. if they're looking for solutions to i want to feel a bit less stressed i want to manage my anxiety better i want to sleep better i want to uh, boost my creativity then there are specific meditative practices for each of these areas and, and i'm actually to be honest i'm almost sick of the term meditation because mm. it's it's a really convenient term but there's no such thing as a singular thing called meditation it's an umbrella term for a series of different practices that all help us to go inwards that focus on different things and the best analogy I can give is to exercise or sports where we've got a set of related disciplines but boxing or rowing or swimming or bar will do very different things for you, but we accept that if they're a safe practice administered by somebody who knows what they're doing and, and we're in a physical place where it's safe for us, then they're going to be a good thing. And it's the same with meditative practice. All of those things that I just said, which is that as long as it's a safe practice administered by somebody who knows what we're doing and it's suitable for us. so. First thing is, and I can't make this point enough, meditative practices in a mainstream way are not suitable for people who are suffering from serious mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they need to go to their GP and go to the charity Mind in the UK or, or Calm Zone. And, and it, it, there's all sorts of support services around this because uh, it's the akin to taking somebody who's damaged their leg and saying hey you know what running's really good for you mm. does that make sense yeah i actually yeah.
0: read something quite disturbing about someone who went on like a silent meditation retreat yeah. who had I'd, i i do not know if it was i think it was schizophrenia mm-hmm. and she had a really really bad reaction yeah, when she imagine. was at this retreat yeah. and it was all over the news i remember at the time and thinking god it's something that's meant to be so beneficial for your mental mm-hmm. well-being mm-hmm. but actually it can have the reverse effect if yeah. you're more careful
1: and th- i think this is the downside of the explosion in meditation mindfulness there's not enough care and warnings, sometimes from the industry itself, Mm -hmm. um, that this is not suitable for everyone. I I think the mindfulness, like the MBSR, so this is when you see like eight week courses um, and and stuff like that. This is from Mm -hmm. uh, a school of, a discipline called mindfulness-based stress reduction. Those guys are really good about, you know, sort of having the right disclaimers in place. But there's been a proliferation of meditation and all sorts of people taking on that mantle. And it's really rare to see that care being taken to make sure that um, somebody who shouldn't be in that room isn't. But what, what, what it comes down to is a lot of meditative practices are focused on bringing attention to what we're thinking and becoming aware of our thoughts and starting to understand those processes. Now, if somebody is, has schizophrenia or if they are um, just suffering, like like they've had a major trauma or PTSD or something like that, mm-hmm. what do we think putting more attention on those things is going to do? It's going and to make them feel worse.
0: exactly. So,
1: yeah. you know, meditation can absolutely help everybody. I'm convinced of that. But mm-hmm. Um, in those cases it needs to be um, done in a one-to-one way from a specialist who knows what they're doing somebody who's medically trained so again one of the things that we did at um, Mind Unlocked is we had a clinical advisor from day one um, somebody from from a medical background background. she's a dear friend of mine now Mm -hmm. Um, but her Main job has been to make sure that we don't do anything dangerous and don't say anything stupid. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's great that there is that monitoring going on. Yeah. So you you mentioned apps before. So obviously, yeah. Ian, and you said a couple of people in the industry mm. might not agree with you having yeah. a, a meditation app in bed. But um, what what are the some of the ones that you really like? I mean, obviously, Calm's yeah. pretty massive now. Yeah. Um, are there any other ones that you you? So so there?
1: Calm was the one which solved my sleep problem a few years ago when it was in its infancy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean look at apps overall. I'm a big fan because anything that gets these messages out to um, the masses yeah millions of people yeah. is, is a good thing however they could they could all do with a health warning which um, I'm not sure why that's not there but they re- really should be a little bit more protective about you know their their, um, their, their, their audience mm-hmm. so uh, the, the apps that I love I mean like Headspace is a super app which has had loads of traction I'm personally not a big fan but, there, it, but it's a personal thing there's two two things one is that um, I just didn't really resonate with Andy Puddycombe's voice it's the and voice I think,
0: isn't it it's such a key yeah. part and,
1: and, but other people love it you yeah. know so, so the point is it's one to look at because they, they've definitely done a lot of good things there yeah. the, the only other and it, this is probably a little bit of the meditation nerd in me, but um, it's also single lineage, which means it comes from one school of thought, which unfortunately means that it's just the same thing over and over and over again. But it's a great place to start. We get a lot of people coming to our events who've started on Headspace or something similar. Calm, you mentioned, is an absolutely brilliant app, Mm -hmm. um, different voice, a a slightly broader view on things. Mm -hmm. And then the other couple that are worth mentioning, um, there's a US app called Simple Habit, which is newer, but they I think they're 18 months old and went past a million Users recently wow. um but what's good about simple habit is that they've got lots of different voices from lots of different backgrounds and, and and they've you know really made it practical so you can pick do i want something for my commute or do i want something to help me focus mm-hmm. um 5 10 15 20 minutes uh, and i've got got no affiliation to any of these guys no, it's worth saying the um, ones. But, it's,
0: i yeah. i must say i'm all about the voice the, the yeah. first one i ever got into is um Oh, uh, what's he Andrew Johnson. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Andrew Johnson? No, Scottish I guy. Yeah. He's he's actually been around mm-hmm. for a very long I time, bet, yeah. and he's been doing this from you know the beginning. And but he he takes a very therapeutic approach. He helps people who are recovering from cancer and mm-hmm. clinical depression. But I think yeah, he had an opportunity to kind of be bought by one of the bigger guys, and he decided not to. But I just his voice to me is just everything, and I, it's and, it's and become it's a friendly so voice. Important, yeah. It's, and I go back to a,
1: it. You yeah, know, if you think about it, like everything. in in this sphere of well-being is quite personal in that, you know, you'll resonate with this trainer but not that one Mm, uh, for whatever reason. And it's exactly the same with, with, you know, any form of guided meditation or meditation teaching. You've really got to um, enjoy the experience. Otherwise, you're not going to go there.
0: Yeah. And uh, these apps are great, right? But it's just Mm. obviously monitoring how much we we use them because uh, is technology part of the problem why we're so stressed out isn't yeah, there massively isn't there a big reason why a lot of the you know the, the tech companies are kind of going back on what they said about the like button and you know mm-hmm. the, the way they've designed these phones to be highly highly addictive
1: mm. you know just
0: kind of it's that constant stream of dopamine that we're looking for all the time i mean is mm. combining the two meditation and technology is that not is that is that gonna work is that there, there, there is
1: a there is definitely an irony in that um it but but yeah, I mean, going back to the the original question, like like tech is a massive part of the problem, mm-hmm. but it's not. But tech is not problematic in itself, and let me explain what I mean by that. Over the last twenty years, there's been two things that have massively exacerbated these issues. The first is the advent of the internet, and more um, accurately, the advent of an of a very cheap internet that's always on and relatively fast because if you um, cast mine back to the late 90s early 2000s we used to pay per hour to be on the internet so that capped our our use and it was a slow connection and and there wasn't that much you could do but now now we've got all this entertainment at our fingertips and then the second piece of that is um, the rise of mobile technology which is about a 10 year old thing now, Um, Mm -hmm. it's been just over 10 years since the first uh, iPhone came out and really exploded the whole smartphone market Mm -hmm. so we've seen this rapid change over the last sort of 7 to 8 years Um, and I think we're just starting what that's meant is we now have access to um all this distraction entertainment blue light all this stuff 24 7 in a way that we in our pockets in a way that we never had before and that's led to a lot uh, um, a lot of the rise in around sort of stress anxiety um insomnia um undoubtedly all of the tech, all of the big tech today started off innocently. There is no way that when Mark Zuckerberg was basically working out how uh, he could get his college buddies to rate each other online um, and then built a social network out of that, there's no way he could have known that 15 years later, it would be used to swing an election. Mm. Um, there's no way that when the Twitter guys were working out, hey, what's a really cool way for people to communicate, that it would now be one of the biggest hotbeds of, um, you know, sort of abuse, anonymous abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, now they know that these are problems, but the problem for them, their business models are built on how long they can keep us on their platforms. Yeah. And as a result, they they've you know th- th- these guys are very deep pockets very smart and they uh as as a result they've scientifically broken down how to exploit our psychological vulnerabilities. And that that's a quote from Tristan Harris, who's an ex-Google design guy. Ex. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's basically, he left them after about three years and he's the leader of um, a, a movement called the Center for Humane Technology, which is like one of the biggest voices in this area now. Wow. Um, so uh, yeah, te- tech is a huge part of the problem, but I think it's not, it's really important to understand that tech is not inherently bad it's just our consumption of it, our consumption of it, which we've kind of been manipulated into. So, yes, yeah, so, so, I mean, so, some of it is is really sort of not very ethical mm. and it is going to change because we're starting to see regulations changing slowly and yeah. so on and so on. But in the few years it's going to take to fix all of that. We've got to take charge of it or else it's just going to keep screwing us up. Mm. Um, what? uh yeah, do, do, would, guess, would, it, I mean, would it be it, useful to give give you a couple of examples of how the manipulation works?
0: Yeah, or? no, definitely. Yeah.
1: Cool. Got some. So I'll, I'll just give you two. I mean, there's there's about eight or nine that we kind of go through on our workshops. Yeah. But uh, the 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 two uh, that I want to highlight, the first is that we don't have stopping cues anymore. So what what I mean by that, um, I, I'll just ask you here. To you. Have, yeah. you, have you been to the end of your Facebook feed recently? The end. Yeah.
0: Well, like, as in... Like,
1: the end. Have you ever got no. to the bottom of it? No. All your Instagram it's feed? Just,
0: no, I guess not. No.
1: It's uh, just... if you, if you, um, do you know anyone who's got to the end of YouTube? Yeah. Cool. So, so, But the thing is, a few years ago, th- these things were finite. Facebook yeah, yeah. used to be a wall that we'd write on, and YouTube didn't, and Netflix didn't auto load the next video. So what these guys realised is that if we take away the stopping cues, i.e. I- the, the natural break, which, you know, pre-tech that used to be, there's only four channels to watch and actually yeah, you I need to record you, a thing and um, you, know, you need to record a program if you want to watch it. You know, all these natural it's stopping cues. It's now, isn't there? That, That's it. It's endless choice. Mm. But the thing is, what, what they're exploiting there is that they know if we're not getting the cue to stop, then we'll just carry on. This is mm. where the whole binge watching thing came from, yeah. because Netflix will auto load the next video and yeah. it knows that our natural tendency is to not take action versus taking action. So it's really exploiting that yeah. um, in, in a way that makes us feel OK about it. So actually, just becoming aware of that is really cool. Um, you know, even if you see like video games, like video games used to be, uh, you, you know, you kind of go into video game, you do this thing and then you die after a while. And that's yeah. the end of it. Now you've got these massive million player online things which mm. just have no end. Nice. Um, So that's the first one. And then the second one that's really worth highlighting is what we call intermittent reward. Mm -hmm. So what this is, is that um, the the reason we keep checking things like email is because we want to see, has something new come? But what makes it compelling is that we love being surprised. So we don't, every time we check it, we don't know if somebody's emailed us or not. We don't know who has, and we don't know what they want. So um, again, what has been proven in uh, psychology is that when we don't know what the reward is going to be, it makes us want to go there more and more and more. More thrilling. To checking. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the dopamine, it's, right? It's, the it's, anticipation it's, it's the anticipation, of it. exactly. Of it's pleasure, do, the potential
0: do, pleasure. Yeah, but, the
1: dopamine yeah. in dose. Yeah, yeah I know, totally. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's there in email. It's there in social media. It's there on dating apps because you don't know what's coming up next. Mm. Um, and the only other industry where we see this as prevalent is the gambling industry mm. because it's there in a the roulette so wheel and a fruit addicted. machine. Yeah. But the gambling industry has a ton of regulations uh, mm. especially around you know sort of under 18s and stuff like that yeah. so this is the at the moment like giving people un like especially like Young minors yeah. uh, giving them unfettered access to all this stuff is it's almost like saying hey here's the casino and here's a liquor cabinet you guys do what you want and we'll just come back and check on you later maybe mm. so it's that's kind frightening, of frightening isn't it yeah so that's, that's, that's the pl- parts tech's played. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, tech tech lets us do Amazing
0: incredible things. things. I know. Yeah. Well, we're seeing now, you know, there's quite a few kind of leading trainers, fitness trainers that are deciding to come off social media now, hmm. which I'm sure, you know, the, the actual brands they work for are am very happy about because they have big followings. I bet. But yeah. actually it's, it's a rejection. It's like it's too much. It's too invasive. I don't want this anymore. Yeah. And I think that will probably be passed on to you know the younger generations you know if they mm-hmm. go on to have kids they probably will limit that so that I think there will yeah. be a change because we're recognizing it now
1: yeah well, there's a couple of other things going on as well. I mean, I, I, me being an optimist, partly, I believe we're at peak antisocial as far as tech is concerned. Mm. Um, that's partly because I'm an optimist, but partly because I get to see all these movements like Tristan Harris's movements and all the stuff that's happening. Um, you know, like we've gone from hardly a peep about these things 18 months ago to now we're seeing different articles every week. Hey, mm. tech might be not so great for our mental health, etc. So the awareness is rising. But the other thing is there's a shift in the way that the Internet is working so we've gone from you know the early days of the web where it was basically um you know this is the aol myspace days where mm-hmm. it was static and it was uh it's, so static you just consume mm-hmm. and it was on a laptop screen and it was uh basically um you know very very basic in its approach and then Web 2.0, the rise of social networks, we went from static to social, i.e. it becomes a conversation through Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, um, to mobile. So we're still consuming on screen, but now it's mobile technology. Mm. And and what's happening now is that the whole Web 3.0 movement, which is that all the... Growth in the web is coming from O two O, which is online to offline. So this is Uber, Airbnb, delivery, where yeah. it's a digital layer rather than digital technology, which allows us to do something in the real world. Because people, we've got to that point where we've realised actually we want to do more things in the real world. Yeah, we want um, to connect and do experiences. So, it's a
0: bit like what we're yeah. trying to do, you know, connecting yeah, totally. people to the world of well being.
1: Yeah, and we're we're moving away from screens now. It's it's very early, but if you look at the rise in digital assistants like Alexa, the the whole. AR and the mixed reality layer layer that's coming as speeds get faster. Um, we're not going to be looking at the Internet as much. We're going to be experiencing it to enhance our life. Mm. Um, so I, I do think we're at peak antisocial, but I also do think it's going to take a few more years for this all to play out.
0: Mm. Do you think we'll have like chips in our ears and things like that? Like it'll just be in our heads. Or Undoubtedly. We'll just, yeah, Undoubtedly, a
1: fr- fr- friend of mine is a pioneer in this space and uh, He's biochipped more than 6,000 humans now. Um, now, huge ethical concerns with something like this. Uh, however, luckily, he wants to be, you know, he wants to work with regulation to develop this properly. But, you know, today that's just an NFC chip. What it means is that um, you can pay for your coffee or pay for, this is all in Sweden, by the way. Mm-hmm. So they've got a deal with Swedish Rail, so you can um, you can tap in with your hand instead of... Uh, Instead of your wallet, but in the future, this will hold all our biometric data. It will replace passports. And we're
0: becoming robots. Uh,
1: we, we, well, we kind of already are, if you think about it, right? Because um, th- th- this, what I'm holding up here, is my mobile phone. It's outside of us, but it's already a digital extension of us. Yeah. It's already where part of our life is being held. It's how we interact with the world. It's how I use maps to find wh- the place to come to to meet you today. Yeah. So. You, you know, it's not actually all, all that's happening is that this device in my hand is going to disappear over the next 10, 15 years and uh, it will experience it through our voice assistants, so so through our headphones or through a chip in our hand at the moment, even, even you know, like 50, 100 years in the future, maybe a chip in a brain. I don't know.
0: God, it's frightening. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. It's, but it's already happening. That's the point. It's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's, right. not, it's not, it's not, this is not some. And, and, and no government can stop it happening. So what we need, and this is me getting on my soapbox soap yeah. a little bit, is to become more conscious so that we start choosing how these things are going to show up in our life instead of how the manufacturers want it to show up.
0: But inevitably, I mean, they're going to take control, aren't they? They've got to sell products. They've got to get their uh, brands out yeah, there.
1: Y- yes and no, because don't forget, we're now in an era where... Um, people are starting to trust themselves more because we can't trust anybody else. Mm. Uh, so th- th- again, like I mean, like tech, tech and the human mind is my absolute geek out area. Yeah. So where we've gone to with something like trust, for example, a couple of years ago when Brexit and Trump and all that stuff was happening, we used to think, well, if the Leave campaign put on the side of a bus that, hey, 350 million of our money goes to you that could go to the NHS and there's an NHS logo on this thing and everything mm. then we used to think well there's got to be some truth in that you can't just say that what we've learnt now is they did just say that mm. so actually now we're starting to learn that we need to trust ourselves and our own sense mm. more and what Companies and governments are saying less because we can't trust it anymore. Mm. So, so I think I do think things are shifting.
0: Yeah, and we see it with like the GDPR rule that came in yeah. quite recently, which Amazing obviously rule. it yeah. is a great rule. Obviously, it affects you know a lot of lots of industries yeah. like ours. But it's a great way to just filter it down into like who you actually want to receive in your inbox. You know, yeah. it's it's giving totally. the power back to the people, which yeah. is great and it's good for us as well because it's actually the people we're speaking to are people who genuinely want to hear from us. It's not yeah. people that have just been
1: 100%. added. And,
0: yeah, 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 that's good. What other um, tech developments on the horizon are? You you most excited about
1: um i think uh i mean i mean the, the reason i'm such a big fan of tech is because it's scalable accessible and eventually becomes affordable so excuse me i've got i've got a slight cold um <laughs> it, it becomes um, so the reason i'm such a big fan of that is it means we can affect change on a tens of millions to hundred millions of level mm. um at, at, at the moment i mean today it's uh, um you've got things like Cut Calm, which did $60 million in revenue last year. Uh, You've got um, people like uh, Shine, which uh, is a New York mental health health chatbot, which has now got 2 million users. But what's amazing about them is that they were really targeted for kind of teenagers and minorities because mm-hmm. a lot of this messaging, they it just wasn't in their language. They just like we can't resonate with this. Mm-hmm. So you've got stuff like that reaching things like that. Another AI assistant called Wobot, which uh, um, you know they're, they're now sharing two million messages a week on their platform. And uh, um, earlier this year, they raised eight million in their seed round. So it's all it's wow. early, but it's all happening. Yeah. So at the moment, it's going to be extensions of things we know, where things like um you know potentially calm and other apps like that get a bit smarter mm. but the the tech developments are really exciting i think the next stage of meditation technology super exciting so you've got things like virtual reality meditation it's still you know it's still early on that but as the headsets get cheaper now oculus go is 200 pounds um so that, that you know that's a really good headset but i think when we see 5g kicking in in the next year or two um the speeds can support it. Suddenly, those kind of things come into play. Yeah. Um,
0: so with with yeah. virtual reality, yeah. so what you you'll be kind of sitting in a room with a teacher who is in India potentially,
1: um, or? P- potentially or at the moment. So there's a cu- couple of really interesting apps. One is my friend Tristan's uh, Flow VR, which they've raised about a million euros so far. Um, that is actually really beautiful landscapes. So there'll be like a beach landscape or a waterfall or stuff like that. I think that's really important for like urban people because yeah. what we know is that that you know, you know you know like when you've got the hey i really need a beach holiday mm. i mean it's not it's not a substitute for a beach holiday i'm not saying that in the slightest but it can trigger you the can same kind pleasure of like in our, yeah, yeah. It, it just gives us that escapism that a lot you know a lot of folks in london the way um a lot of us live in like sharing arrangements and we don't have that much personal space this is a way to reclaim that that's brilliant um, it's
0: what i did i mean i'm only doing it, two to three days in london now the rest yeah. in Devon, because I just I, I lived here yeah. for ten years and I just decided I was happier in in the countryside. Exactly, and I think you've got to just find what. what and it's, works
1: it's no substitute for that, no. but it could be a bit of respite and a bit of you know a chance to get into a different headspace, yeah. which which has you know such beneficials. Um, physiological effects on a body it counteracts the effects of adrenaline counteracts the effects of cortisol Mm -hmm. so it could be that it could be with a teacher in another part of the world or joining a mass meditation or something like that so you've already got like one of my other other apps that I like is Insight Timer Mm -hmm. and what's great Insight Timer is a bit clunky um, but what's really great about it is they've got so many users and when you've meditated on there it'll say you just meditated with 2,000 people and people really love that because it gives that sense of communities Mm -hmm. so they're going to build that out you've got um portable eeg which is basically um brain sensing headbands which are getting better and better and better so when we combine vr with brain sensing headbands again which people are kind of working on Mm -hmm. then we can start adjusting meditation in real time which gets really exciting based on what your brain activity is there's um you know, like sleep tech is really exciting. The Aura Ring, which is the most advanced sleep tracker in the world, which just turned up on Prince Harry's. Uh, ring. I don't uh, know about that. Co- what, what a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, he suddenly started wearing this black ring and the papers were like, hey, what's this mysterious black ring? And mm. straight straight away, like, I, I was at the Biohacker Summit in mm. uh, Toronto when this all broke and Aura um, were one of the big presenters there yeah. and all my biohacking buddies were like, hey, that's an Aura, we know, we know, we know. Mm. Um, so, uh, it's, it's just a really advanced sleep tracker which now starts getting in, you know, it starts helping us really measure not just how much sleep but Mm. the quality of that sleep and all that stuff so
0: way more advanced than like the fitbit tracker way
1: more advanced yeah i mean it's it's still early on all this tech but it's it's just getting better and better uh and and then combining all of that stuff there's a um pair of headphones called a cocoon which uh basically combines sleep tracking with guided meditation and that portable eeg and it's super comfortable so you can kind of fall asleep with Mm. this um
0: I've got I was but, sent a pair of those from yeah. from Bose actually the other day but they're yeah. like little buds that you put in
1: Oh, but the but the, Bo, the Bo, Bose buds are different but but yeah. the, the thing is every like lots of companies are working on this so yeah. I think cocoon have got a up with uh, Bowers and Wilkins or someone yeah. so so it, it's great that it's all tracking that way but there's a warning as well and the warning is that it's still very early on this tech it's still a little bit clunky but um, I think some of the stuff that's going to be coming out over the next five to ten years is quite exciting
0: yeah, it's awesome. So actually, technology can be beneficial or, or, from or mental health. And,
1: and all designed bad. to help us. And a lot of these companies are placing ethics at their core, which is really cool. Not, not everybody, but the great thing about tech for mental health and emotional well-being and those areas is that actually... That ethical question has to be asked from day one, not 10 years later when your text being used to swing an election. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not using that as a criticism. I'm just saying that actually the ethics has to be considered from day one, which means that people are a little like the people who are making this stuff are a bit more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Plus they can see how everything's swinging to it's it's going to have to be ethical
0: yeah the only thing that worries me about technology is it makes us a little bit more insular and stops us from actually getting out there and mm-hmm. having physical you know normal connections yeah. with our friends and I yeah. you can't escape the fact that you know like suicide is still the number one killer in young men in our mm-hmm, country mm-hmm. it's like it's very prevalent and it's I can't help but think it's because we've got all of this social media and all this yeah. stuff in place that means we're just limiting our actual real connections yeah. out there mm-hmm. I think that could be
1: a- true but if you go back to what I was saying about the way that the internet is developing or or the way that tech is developing all the big tech of the next few years and it's all some of it's already big like Uber, Airbnb, Delivery all these guys they're using tech as a digital layer to help us do something in the real world because actually what's happening people are becoming um, a bit jaded by social Uh, Facebook's losing so many young users yes they're moving to Snapchat at the moment but eventually we're going to get to a a point where it, it just... I, I, I hope and think we're going to look back on this time and think remember we was used that to about? do all that social, <laughs> social media stuff like what what the well, hell it's when yeah. people
0: video themselves I know I know, we all have to do it yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just some people take it too far
1: it's mm. when you
0: see like you're in a park yeah. and they're just talking to themselves and you're like yeah. oh my god what
1: and it's, it's like, like, like look at where you exactly. are exactly yeah. I
0: saw one girl taking it was a really beautiful mm. display in a shop but she was in the middle of the road and it was like a red traffic light I was like yeah. what are you doing Mm. Um, so, yeah, it can be dangerous. But as you say, it connects us with, with amazing real experiences. And mm. wellness tourism is huge now. Yes. Yeah. But when we're really mm. seeing that people are going on retreats in you know, Costa Rica to focus yeah. on their well-being. And, you know, the, to, the the demographic we speak to, like 25, 35 millennial mm. women, you know, that they, they can, they're they affluent. They, they want to travel, but mm. they're multitaskers. So they, they don't want to just go on holiday and then just... You know, be really yeah, unhealthy. They want to car- for a week, exactly, yeah. they want to carry on their healthy habits while they're on holiday. Yeah. So it's like killing people. Yeah, and one's learn own. something
1: and be engaged yeah. and meet cool people and exactly yeah. and
0: connect with the local culture. So I guess if it's a platform used in that way, then yeah, it can be very. The, I mean, we're seeing
1: more and more and more of that. So I'm I'm hopeful, but who knows? Can't yeah. predict the future.
0: <laughs> yeah. So tell me where you're at now with your business. So what you're, you're in San Fran a lot, you said, working um, I, in Silicon I'm, Valley. I'm heading
1: to Silicon Valley in a few days. Um, to, to Basically, that's the Transformative Technology Conference. I've been working with these guys for a while. They're, they're the biggest collection of entrepreneurs and innovators who are working on tech for mental health, raising emotional well-being and unlocking human potential. Where, where I'm at, I mean, Mind Unlocked as a project is just, it's got its own momentum and we're doing some really cool stuff there. It's meditation centric but we've branched out into, you know, we do do stuff around the whole digital sanity piece, um, sleep workshops as well. Um, But my personal focus is very much on the intersection between well-being and technology Um, and that's where I'm working with a lot of these businesses now, mentoring a few of these guys, starting to connect them to funding Um, and and, and just I I think that's really exciting for me personally because I get to geek out, I get to see all this tech I get to see it early, but also So it's about empowering the leaders and the entrepreneurs who are making the stuff that's going to make our world a better place and help us to have healthier habits and all this stuff in a way that isn't invasive and in a way that doesn't suck us into the screen and suck us into the screen and uh, so on. So, So for me, that's really exciting because... You know, I, I want to affect change on a big level, tens to hundreds of millions, mm. and the way that I've kind of chosen to do that is to really work with the guys who are building the building the future of our health, mm. and helping them to empower them using my sort of business knowledge and, and so on to Amazing. do that. So that, that's that's the part so that I'm It's very
0: fulfilling on. for you, because yeah. it's just yeah, totally. everything you've yeah. worked for. Mm. Great, right. and so just going back to, to you, so how would you tap into your dose? So your, your dopamine, your oxytocin, your a serotonin and endorphin. An like, what would be your kind of magic mix of those things? I know you're a keen snowboarder. Is yeah,
1: that right? I, I mean, s- s- snowboarding is the ultimate for yeah. me. It's like uh, I, I often say, the only reason I have a meditation practice is because I choose a life where I'm not on a snowboard every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's that combination of doing something physical, doing something challenging that requires being present, because there's there's quite a painful cost to not being present on a snowboard. Yeah. Um, then being in nature, be, being in tune with all that, seeing that stunning stuff, hang out with friends all that kind of stuff so i think i think snowboarding is the ultimate but that's like at best that's like a few weeks a year um, at, at best so the rest of the time i mean i'm i'm really i am really into movies um other than that uh yoga and meditation are a huge part of my life but they're more things that i kind of do because i know they're really really good for me mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, i mean i've got, I've got to admit actually the th- the thing where i become alive and what what i love is getting to work with and see all this tech. So in that sense, my work and life are integrated Mm. rather than balanced. And I think I prefer them to be integrated. Um, The only thing I've got to be a little bit careful of is knowing where the, you know, when the right time to rest is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and actually in the last few months, I've started uh, drinking again and really rediscovered uh, the whole cocktail scene and got to know a few folks there. And I think that's really exciting. And it's fun coming back to that now having had a, a long you know 3 year break from alcohol until a few months ago now i'm really enjoying that because it's about complexity of flavors you know without, yeah. without sounding like too much of a dick about yeah. it it's it's about um complexity of flavors and the craft and you know all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. i can really get a lot out of a couple of cocktails whereas before it was like always about the Third, fourth, fifth mindless drink. Yeah, exactly. Sense. I mean, yeah.
0: I grew up in Generation Binge. You know, university. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, it's really sad. I read about this one at a fresher at Newcastle University, which is where I went to, who, who died. I, I read the same thing. I yeah, know. Yeah. After having like twenty vodkas or something. And, and
1: I look back on my time, and you know, I, I'm kind of like, I I spent my three years at university pretty much drunk yeah. and that could have been me or anyone I knew <laughs>
0: yeah um
1: and you know I, I don't have any great regrets about that time no, you but make great
0: social bonds and exactly. but all of the content material I mean I did English so it was like eight hours a week mm. all my friends yeah. were doing 25 hours plus so I had to get a bar job on the side which yeah. I don't know if that's a sensible thing but um but again I could have probably fun, condensed right? yeah fun like let's like, not
1: lose the fact these like no, you know, like it's when you g- getting home. drunk has a consequence but it's really fun as it well it breaks
0: down barriers and, and I think that's...
1: I'm just in that point in my life where I need the energy to do the things I'm doing I can't be groggy I can't be hungover but I've found a way to really understand what my limits are and yeah. w- where I'm in tune with what I'm doing so that it's not you know I- if anything it all comes back down to this for me it's about conscious consumption of yeah. everything it's about really being aware of What am I doing? Why am I doing it? What's the pros and cons? Hey, if this thing's for entertainment, that's great. You know, I'm not going to not have that pizza or not have that ice cream or not have that cocktail, Mm. but I'm going to do it consciously, and enjoy every second of it knowing why I'm doing it. And I think I think that's one of the reasons why I get on so well with you guys because that's that, to me that's mantra. what healthy it, hedonism is.
0: Totally. I healthy mean hedonism, balance, yeah. healthy hedonism, mindfulness, yeah. conscious consumption. They're all yeah. it's all very similar yeah. ideas. And mm. um it's funny, when we first got into this world, you know, we'd go into speed fitness studios about healthy hedonism and they'd look mm. at us like what? Hedonism? Yeah. Yeah. What How can you head? have the two? How can yeah. you? I know and I'm like, it just means pleasure. Does a spinning give you pleasure? Yeah. And just said, Oh well, if you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think now totally. I get people mm. quoting back at me, oh, yeah, this is a really big trend in healthy and Like, <laughs> I know about this, actually. Yeah, I've yeah. totally believed in it. But it is. It's just learning actually what dose works for you. Like mm. Zoe said in the last podcast, the dose makes the poison, right? So mm. too much of anything can be harmful. Too much water. Exactly.
1: Too too much, too, too much health and wellness with oh, nothing. Yeah. You, you know, that's that's not a healthy mindset if you're not enjoying it. If you're enjoying it and you find that fulfilling, that's amazing, yeah. but I can count on one hand the people I know who are wired that way. Yeah, so, exactly. So you know, we, we, we all need um, uh, our, uh, release is a wrong word because that's implying that health is health is healthy habits are a bad thing, they're not, but we just need to understand what gives us pleasure and why it gives us pleasure, and then go and do those things, but understand what the downsides of those things are as well. Yeah.
0: And it's okay to change. I mean, I used to be really into like HIIT workouts, and now yeah. I'm in a phase of my life where I'm just hiking loads, and that yeah. does it for me, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you, you change, and it, I got to know we have We have to
1: change because we do. are the ultimate adaptation machine, so we get bored very easily, mm. as we, yeah you know, that, that's why, it's like, you know, that, that's why we might get together and say, oh, should, you know, what should we order? Should we order a tie? No, I had a tie yesterday. We, we need the variety, so that's yeah. actually really important to chop and change things.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good. It's validating when you go to these trends conferences and they're like, so hiking is the new yoga. And I'm like, well, I, <laughs> I do that all the time now, so I'm back on trend. Yeah. So it's obviously the way it's meant to go. But yeah, you're right. I, I should ask you
1: what you're getting into next Oh then, God, perhaps. I
0: don't know. Babies, sadly. <laughs> it's the next phase. <laughs> um, but yes, no, that, that's that been wonderful talking to you, Nourish. Thank you for sharing your insight. I think technology can be a very valuable thing for mental health if it's used correctly.
1: I agree. Thank you very much,
0: Etty. Okay. Thank you if you have any questions about any of the content discussed in today's podcast please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com. you can also refer to the links in the show notes below want to know more about dose visit www.whateveryourdose.com and sign up to receive our weekly newsletters for feel-good content and events across fitness food and drink to get your happy hormones firing